Hi, I'm Alexi Bolden. And I'm Lucy Porter. And, and this, this is Academia. Academia. <laughs> we were really in sync there. That was good. I felt like... I was impressed. I felt like we've been doing this for a minute. Can you imagine us being really good at hosting our podcast? Whenever I listen to other podcast duos, I'm like, wow. They wish they could be us, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they think the same thing. Everybody's yeah. listening to podcasts and being like, I bet there's two girls in Chicago that are really popping off on the podcasting scene. I bet it's freezing outside, so they have to be hot on the mics inside. I laughed when I saw the temperature. I actually, I do not want to talk about how cold it is in Chicago because that is endlessly boring. But I did laugh this morning when I saw the temperature. I'll just say, as, as an Iowan, people, mm-hmm. when I told people I was moving here, um, everyone's like, okay. And then I get here, um, around like the summertime and everyone's like, oh, you better be prepared for Chicago winter. Chicago winter is going to knock you off your feet. Mm-hmm. And it's my second winter here now. And I'm still on my feet. I'm still standing. I'm still standing, but Taryn Egerton's version <laughs> from <laughs> Sing. <laughs> it is really interesting. Like what, what is the thing that people latch onto when they're talking about a city and they don't mm-hmm. necessarily know about that city yeah like uh, chicago winters oh i'm like there chicago i understand like the wind tunnels and everything yeah we're near the lake but there's so many buildings that just kind of block you from the wind in iowa there's nothing at all i grew up in the middle you know that episode of spongebob where uh squidward goes he's like in on the floor and he's like future and there's nothing I just became. Yeah, I'm not going to stop you from quoting SpongeBob or referencing SpongeBob, but I do have to like, t- I have to take accountability in this moment as somebody who did not have SpongeBob as a part of my culture. Mm. And I know the naysayers and the critics are going to come for me for this one of like, oh, well, then how do you have a personality? How do you have a sense of humor? I persevered. I made it through. You could still watch it. It is available on streaming platforms. I'm absolutely not going to go turn on SpongeBob. We are in the golden age of television. Yeah, SpongeBob started the golden age. What do you think? How do do we get here? I'm not about to go seek out old episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. That sounds horrible. I'm just going to start dropping references subliminally and then all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. That's what it's like normally for me. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm going to be like, oh, man. If only I had my, if only I was a millionaire and my daughter was a whale and it was her birthday. Well, and you and know <laughs> how pervasive SpongeBob fans are? I know exactly who you're talking about yes. without having seen a single episode. Yeah, Sandy. Yeah, the whale. And then is her dad the crab? Yes. Yeah, uh, I've never seen an episode. <laughs> I've just been telling you wrong names just now. I'm oh, sorry well. that I did that. I'm sorry. It was a little inside joke for the SpongeBob listeners. Yeah, you people are sick. <laughs> really <laughs> gross. Disgusting. Really fucking horrible. Sorry. I bet if I drew a picture of the people I was thinking of, I'd be right for what it's worth. Like on SpongeBob? Yeah, I know you were saying different names, but I bet I was thinking of the right people. Oh, okay. I was like, when you said people, I thought you were talking about people who like SpongeBob and you were going to draw like caricatures <laughs> of people. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up. Lucy. Well, I do that normally. I don't know what the issue with that is. It's kind of like is. my art, my choice of my medium. That's what I do in my painting classes. I just do caricatures of people. Everybody else is kind of working with oil paints and I'm doing <laughs> zoo style drawings. And when your teacher comes around and is like, let's see everyone's work, mm-hmm. you turn around. He's like, okay. Can I say, okay, I not to like drag my new painting teacher, but the way he gives criticism for this adult painting class is really baffling. You would think that like the eight adults that gather every Saturday morning in an art studio in River North 
would be, according to him, there to get their work in museums. He Mm. critiques us like we've been doing this for years. I cannot stress enough that this is a beginner's oil painting class. And he'll come around and he's like, well, your mixing is a little sloppy. Oh, And I'm like, yeah, I've never done this before. MYOB, Greg, MYOB. Yeah, it's... Now I have to ask, is he in museums? Is his stuff put up in museums? He's shown us his work before and it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. He does um, like very like modern still lifes. Okay. So he'll do like an oil painting of an old 90s Mac computer. Aww. Yeah, so it's, like, it's really cool work. I, I mean, like not to knock him, it's just the way he criticizes us. I'm like, I don't know if this is it. Yeah, I'm just trying to have a good time. I literally go there to turn my brain off for three hours hours and paint and he's like you're gonna be in MoMA yeah and he's like about it well you should correct your shading and I'm like you should correct your shade (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) I I felt really proud of that one as it was happening wait wait I want to be in the room when you say that to him so go ahead and invite (laughs) me I'll bring palettes I'll bring a sketch pad (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna draw the moment as it's happening I'll drop a pin everybody comes Saturday morning (laughs) I'm gonna show last class (laughs) I'll I'll hide everybody in the gallery, and then when I say the key word, everybody which comes is, in. It's, which sl- is, it's like a sleeper word. Mm-hmm. Shade. <gasps> well, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the in the insult. Okay. You know what I was thinking about? What? That I was at the gym. Mm, brag. Uh, if <laughs> if you're so inclined, uh, <laughs> I was. If you're freaky, <laughs> if, if you're crazy like that, I didn't have like I. Um, Sometimes when the workout is getting a little too intense, my mm. s- my since I wear headphones, it gets really sweaty. So I like take them off my <gasps> ears for a second, uh-uh. and then I like kind of have to listen to everything around me. Oh, totally! I thought I, full transparency. Mm-hmm. I thought you were about to say that sweat came out of your headphones, and I was really bracing myself for that. But I'm I'm so glad that's like not the direction pour, like, the, <laughs> like the river. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> like you know how when you like get out of a pool and you have to like hit your ear a little bit. Oh, I thought so that was gonna nasty. happen. And I'm so glad that didn't happen. No, the the worst thing that happened was that I overheard a conversation. What? Oh, I love that. Really? I think that's one of the joys of being alive. (laughs) Is overhearing, is eavesdropping. Yeah, it's just like picking up like the little conversation nuggets. Okay, I like that too. Mm -hmm. I do think that's that's one of the things I give to the world because I'll be talking about absolute nonsense and I'll be talking loud (laughs) (laughs) and I mean it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to what you heard, but I was in New York with my friend Jackson and we were walking along the streets and I said something along the lines of like, and I don't think I was the problem, but everybody else didn't like me. Like it was something like that. Yeah. And this stranger walking past us the other way loudly goes, I wonder why. And what did, and did you say you need better shade? And I just froze. I was like, this is, I've, I've never been <laughs> called confronted out with my own. And not even confronted. Like, he just said it and kept walking of like, you know what? This girl needs to be taken down a peg. Like that is so not his business. It's insane. No. That's what I'm afraid of, though, is, be, is saying a little a little nugget of something and then uh-huh. having everyone be like, this freaking idiot. Yeah. Well, you know, if that man feels better about his choices, then I'm glad I could give him that gift. <laughs> the gift it hasn't of, changed me. I'm still making the same decisions. He, right now he's doing stand up in, <laughs> in like, what is it, Union Hall. That man was Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about the New York comedy scene. I just said a club that oh, I've okay. heard of. 
What was the conversation you heard at the gym? So it was these two uh, friends, mm-hmm. and they were talking about. Okay, this is just this is a segue to talk about the thing that I was telling you about. Um, oh, that okay. I started telling you about, but they were just talking about kind of. Um, their beliefs and their religion, and I oh. was like, it was really interesting that they were having this conversation like in between sets at the gym, um, and I was like, do I put my headphones back on or do I keep them off? And then I was like, no, just because I, I want to know this. Mm. Um, so <laughs> hearing them kind of delve into their own thoughts and stuff on religion made me have a conversation with them. Like I was joining the conversation, but in my head. Internally. I was going to be like, hey guys, can I talk to I did not say And you know, it. next time you could actually, yeah, you could actually say it. For sure, for sure. If that <laughs> happens, if I'm at the gym and I'm talking to my friend and someone's like, hey, can I join? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, we're yeah. actually done with this rack. <laughs> you can use it. Uh, yeah, so it, the, it just made me think about how many, I want to ask Kevin's thoughts on this because Kevin, there I, w- I was overhearing their conversation and I was thinking about um, just like the work that we do as being actors, comedians, writers, all of mm. that thing, people putting up work um, that is personal to us and how much of my like personal life or beliefs that I've held, I've had to dig into like when writing something and being like, okay, but what am I trying to say? Like, what, what is my yeah. POV? Absolutely. And like the amount I've been able to process things because I'm like, well, I want to tell people like in a way that's digestible for them to listen to. But also like by doing that, I am doing like that work yeah yeah the work that you know high fashion twitter is talking about well it's like two steps too like okay on one hand you're processing it internally and understanding it for yourself like you're you're learning to understand your beliefs and your values better but simultaneously you're also learning how to articulate them yes and how to communicate them and i think that's a step that people who aren't in our position have to find yeah and aren't necessarily forced into yeah I would not have confronted like half of the things that I've like confronted or yeah. like made jokes about or did stand up about had it not been like oh I have to perform tonight <laughs> well yeah and to be honest like a lot of that is encouraged in a very toxic and violent way mm-hmm. like yeah mine your trauma type yeah. shit or like oh, this horrible thing's happening to you. You should talk about it on stage when it's like, maybe that shouldn't be your first, (laughs) your first instinct. But on the flip side of that, like it can be healthy when you have like a grasp on your self-worth to then take that, those hardships and like the things you're processing. Yeah. And being like, this happened and this is how I feel about it. And this is how like, like I continue to feel about it or how I've changed Mm -hmm. um, is kind of the structure that like, set up punchline but also learning lesson yeah I'm very grateful to do what we do yeah same yeah same <laughs> I get to do <laughs> I'm think I was I was everyone's laughing at me in the room I said I was I said it again just to emphasize that I meant it <laughs> I get kind of a line read hey, for, Alexi, for myself from the second time I felt I felt the emphasis I felt the joy I felt the power thank you you know what I want to know how what our guest felt <laughs> Yeah, I, our guest is somebody with feelings our and thoughts and opinions. has been making faces this entire time, and I've just been watching them. And you know what's crazy about this guest? What? This is the guest's second time on the podcast. But nobody would know, so without... It's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> so without further ado, Chicago-based comedian and writer, Kevin Noonan. I'm getting sort of like deja vu vibes. Uh, Is that crazy? Do you think it's because we've recorded an episode of this podcast before? Mm -hmm. Where can I listen to it? Nowhere. Mm. Do you have access to (laughs) (laughs) the dark web? 
Uh, because no. we published it there. No, that's crazy <laughs> fucked up, actually. <laughs> that's crazy that you would even say that. Crazy you would even uh, joke about that. <laughs> um, yeah, just to kind of clue listeners in, we have a long lost episode. Actually, it was meant to be slated to be our first episode. Kevin was our first guest. With your friend Kevin Noonan, and it is now kind of lost to the wind. Well, you guys said it was bad, right? That I did a bad job. Yeah, you specifically were bad and wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, I think wrong was first, and then you were bad. <laughs> the things you said were egregious and incorrect. Well, yeah. happy to say I haven't changed at all, and I'm glad to be back. <laughs> well, after we're the thrilled to have you. That we've required you to take by law. <laughs> we should hope. Honestly, the judge was very lenient, very very kind that day. Well, I got one of those faces. <laughs> yeah, the jury. Hey, the jury loves this guy. <laughs> Get Kevin in front of a jury, honey. You're you're innocent. I know, I, I could have been a lawyer, except I was uh, too dumb and lazy, so mm. like Nick paths, Miller? I guess. Like what? Like Nick Miller? <laughs> Is that new girl? New Absolute girl? new girl reference. No, I won't go over my head. <laughs> you know what? Have you seen New Girl? I have not seen New Girl. Oh, we haven't seen New Girl. We haven't seen SpongeBob here. I say this and knowing that I haven't seen a Can I ask you, Lucy, SpongeBob, yeah, not in your life, was that like... I was too young for it, or were your parents like, this isn't appropriate for you to watch? Well, I'm famously 15 years old, so I really missed the boat with it. Okay. Uh, but it was also a, we were, we were very, it wasn't like strictly this way, but like we were pretty much predominantly a Disney household. And I just like Nickelodeon just wasn't on for me. What about Cartoon Network? Even less so. <gasps> You've never seen Camp Laszlo? No. My and like, partner's a monkey? I have no idea you're what that is. You're just making things up now. Yeah, that's You're <laughs> inventing shows on the spot. You're just kind of saying words at <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> but I was heavily influenced by Phineas and Ferb. Sure. We were also not a Nickelodeon or, or Cartoon Network Okay, household. thank you. And I think my my mom, God, God, God bless her, who's still alive. <laughs> uh, I was bracing myself for a dark turn. No, no, no. <laughs> just God bless her. Uh, it was just kind of like vaguely like this stuff looks inappropriate and like yeah. you shouldn't be watching it. And so it was like a firm no. We also weren't allowed to watch um, Scooby-Doo, but I never figured <gasps> yeah. out why. Can I put my finger on that one? Can you ask and come back and we'll record a third episode now, all about one why? One of the things that you learn, I think, as an adult processing sort of your, your stuff with your parents is mm. like some fights just like you, you can leave them in the past, like totally fine to let that one go. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that was also not on for me. Yeah. It was just like we were just defaulting to Disney. And I think it was probably like a, a content thing, like without my parents doing too much research of like, we're in the middle of a recession. We're trying to raise two kids. We're trying to figure out what's going on. I we'll just stick with what we know is fine. Just limit our limit how much, yeah. how much risk we're taking on with our kids' TV. I exactly. Guess that's well, that's yeah. for sure because Disney was probably like by far the safest from Cartoon Network mm -hmm. and Nickelodeon. All the, like we weren't allowed to watch Ed Ed and Eddie because I told my mom it was inappropriate and I didn't want to watch it, but. It was just you told your mom you enforced that. Yeah, that because my brother wanted actually, to my brother works. wanted to watch it all the time and I was like, We can't and so I told on him. You didn't like it. You were seeking brother, boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want to however you want to reframe that. You know, what you're what you did as a child now as an adult we would call I think a NIMBY. Um mm, is that I wanna watch yeah. his cartoons, but but I don't wanna watch this in my backyard. Not okay. in my backyard. I'm just worried about your politics as you grow is my thing. I just want you to have, be sort of self-aware. Like mm -hmm. we're talking about okay. reflecting and think about our beliefs. For sure. Just sort of keep an eye out for where you're snitching on someone for watching something you don't like is all oh, I'm saying. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, I hear you. You're being called in and not called out. Currently, my political beliefs are... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, please define them. <laughs> yeah, kind of right now, I'm just like, you know, let humans kind of live. 
Unless like wow. it infringes upon your TV. Unless watch, your you want to watch Ed and Nettie, and then right. I have to tell you to leave. Right, 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 right. No, I'm on board with that. Thank that's you. a that's a rock solid political platform. Yeah, I'm not moving. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of moving, let's move on to the next segment. Whoa, wow. killer wow. segment. Do you think if cute? we acted like that more on the podcast, we would do better? <laughs> like <laughs> like what? If we were like AM morning radio hosts. <laughs> If we transitioned like a like a college paper, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of college paper, Kevin, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna test you. That's really, right. really good. This is our um, incredible segment. Everybody, everybody fucking loves this segment. Um, yeah, I do want to shout out the people who have like came up to me and said that they love the podcast and specifically this segment. Yeah, I kind of shout said them it out by the- name individually. <laughs> And my social security number. (laughs) I do have socials. (laughs) Yeah. If any of our friends would be like, oh yeah, I know everybody's socials. It would be Alexi. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I don't mean social media handles. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) this is the IQ test. Uh, Kevin, what we're going to do. And as a long lost veteran of the pod, you kind of know what's going on. (laughs) I have no memory of this, but (laughs) I know we did it before. Oh, it was because of the chloroform we gave you afterwards. Yikes. I knew it was too much. Fuck. (laughs) We're going to sort of rapid fire ask you a series of questions just to gauge your intelligence, okay. um, your wit, your mind. Let's focus on intelligence because I, I can't really keep up with the other two, but let's go, let's yeah, go don't, forward. Hey, don't even worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. pressure. Without further ado, Alexi. Kevin, mm-hmm. if two V's put together make double U, <laughs> what letters put together make double me? <laughs> um, I, I. Oh. Kevin. Carl's father has three sons, Rick, Nick, and Carl. Why hasn't he told any of them that he's proud of them? Um, they, they grew up in the Midwest. <laughs> Kevin, what tool should one use to get a song out of their head? Uh, a uh, shovel. Kevin, if a mouse controls your computer, what does a muskrat control? Uh, Michael Lone. Kevin, how do products for, made for sensitive skin assure the skin everything is going to be okay? Uh, a pat on the back um, and a, you, you got him, cowboy. God, I wish more people called me cowboy. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> All right, cowboy. Kevin, fill in the blank. Beer before liquor, never been sicker. Weed before bed. Phil. Oh, sorry. Say that one again. <laughs> Kevin, fill in the blank. Okay. Beer before liquor, never been sicker. Weed before bed. Oh, an easy way for me to go to sleep at night when I'm stressed. (laughs) Kevin, what is the appropriate time frame to hold a grudge? As long as you need to. Come on. Uh, I did not expect you to answer that way. Alexi's never been more thrilled. <laughs> no, I was just watching the DC, DC uh, animated movies and I was like, damn, like people really over 10 years. Final question. Well, that's, a, that's a reference I got to say. Alexi just said a whole string of words that I had no context for. No, no, no. We don't need to come back to it. All right, rapid fire. <laughs> Last question. Last question. Kevin, mm. there are four suits in a deck of cards, okay. but how many vests are there? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I want to say Hearts is is wearing a vest, and mm-hmm. I want to say Jax is wearing a vest. So I'm going to say two. 
Uh, and I want to say, and this is controversial, I want to say Diamonds wants to be a vest guy, but can't pull it off, and he knows that. No, <laughs> no. Hart says milady. Yep. Diamonds will just kind of linger near you at the bar <laughs> and then try to say something but walk away. Yeah, yeah. Um, Diamonds thinks that he's in tight with the bartender at the open bar. Oh, yeah. But there's no, they're not really, it's not happening. Vest, like, or Diamonds will, like, try to, like, start a conversation, but, like, other people just keep walking away. We're just talking about me at a wedding. <laughs> Kevin's like, I guess if I were to put myself like in this position, I'd be a diamond. Um, diamonds, like they show up early and they they, they brought a gift because they didn't realize you can just order those things online now. And they're they're at the the service and they're like, what mm-hmm. do I put what this gift? So they sort of sit with it on their lap and then everyone else oh, is like, oh yeah, why don't you just bring cash, man? Um, <laughs> a card. And then they diamonds, take an Uber home. <laughs> diamonds wear fun socks because they think it's a conversation starter. All right, now we're losing me. Okay, it's so no longer about me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are saying diamonds, and the thing that comes to my mind is Steven Universe. Because <laughs> they have we the are gems. really not on the same page with culture references today. <laughs> that's good. That's good. It gives the uh, the audience something. To Every <laughs> once in a while, when Alexa and I were doing shows, I would reference a movie that, yeah, like maybe was like you weren't like a teenager when the movie came out, but I would say like very popular and well known uh-huh. and like a cultural mainstay. I'll give you an example: Armageddon. A movie you've heard of? Yes, have never seen. Never seen, but, but you know, yeah, like the gist. I'm familiar with the concept. The absolute death stare Alexi looked at me with when I referenced <laughs> the movie Armageddon. I was, oh, it's like Armageddon, um, and I was like, oh, have you, have you seen that? And she, she, she wouldn't even answer me directly. She was just like, of course mm-hmm. not. I did not you say that. I did not say that. You can probably get the gist. Um, and I was like, you know, it's, it's a pretty fun movie. Watch, you want to? And she goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Something I um, love, <laughs> respect, and fear about our friend Alexi is how comfortable she is in other people's discomfort. Because, like, that is such a superpower. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't even, I, I think, I don't mean to make people uncomfortable or no. anything. I just answer the question. I didn't question. Even I just thought it was funny. No, but uh, you know that thing where it's like, like, some people have to be coached and reminded that no is a complete sentence. You know what I mean? Like, that is not a part of my vernacular. No, for sure. No, me? No. No. I mean, come on. What are we talking about? No. Come on. <laughs> Alexi, it, no is and forever will be a complete sentence. <laughs> and she doesn't care what you think about it. <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. And I really respect <laughs> it about you. You said it something some one time and uh, you were like, I don't participate in Because I was like, oh, I keep yes. I keep responding to, to things that people say to me. Like they'll ask me a question or something and I'll just, I'll... Like someone said something one time. And I, I honestly, well, I do think I, it's important for context that you do work in a customer service position. Yeah. No, I, this was someone, I, a coworker. Yeah. They asked me a question and I answered the, I like answered the question. So like Kevin asking me if I see an Armageddon and I said, no, like people <laughs> kind of like after I just say no, or after I just, I answered like word for word yeah. what they asked, they just kind of stare. And so I asked Lucy one time, I was like, am I mean? Like, is like, what's going on? And then she was like, I just think that you don't engage in the social ballet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There is a very like delicate um, social dance that a lot of people opt into by force or by not. Like a lot of people feel the need to participate in these norms and customs of our society. And you choose to not <laughs> I was actually just reading an article about um, conversational givers and takers. Um, how most people are either a giver or a taker in conversation, <gasps> although it depends on the context, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, but that most people could probably need a little bit of fine tuning of if you're only a taker, you can't engage in the conversation. If you're only a giver, you can't engage in the conversation. So there's like a balance you need to find of 
do I need to give a little bit more or take a little bit more in order to keep this conversation going with this person I'm talking to? Mm. That's interesting. Um, and Alexia, I would say you're not necessarily a giver or a taker, uh, but more sort of um, like a very intimidating brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> Standing at five foot three, the intimidating brick wall. <laughs> um, which is an appropriate analogy because now I'm picturing like what I would do as a kid is I would throw a tennis ball off the brick wall. And uh, it would bounce it back. It would bounce back to you. But that actually doesn't apply in this scenario. If the brick wall <laughs> absorbed the ball and then looked at you, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? That's Alexi. Right. It's like I throw the tennis ball at the um, at the brick wall and it responds with, I don't like baseball. And then turns away <laughs> and leaves the conversation. I'm sorry that I know what I want to <laughs> engage with. I can talk to people just fine. I've been doing it on this podcast. You Anyways, I, I, I I'm not defensive. Off. You were about to reference Steve. Universe, <laughs> oh my God. And then, no, I don't you want to talk anymore. I don't want to talk anymore. No, no, no. I'm gonna respond like I would a normal conversation and just dead silence. Yeah, I wish I got in a photo of that actually. <laughs> That's pretty good how you just turned that on, Alexi. Uh -huh. Yeah, I can talk to people. Hey, Kevin, what's your topic today? Oh my God, Kevin, what's the topic? What'd I forgot we were even doing a topic. Right, topic. Um, this better be freaking good. Obviously, Alexi texted me this morning <laughs> and said, um, in, in not these exact words, but this is pretty much the point of like, don't you fucking dare bring what you brought last time. <laughs> now let me read what I said to him. It so. says, look, you dumb piece of shit. We're having you back because you begged to get back on the podcast. Do not bring in that stupid shit you did this last time. This is a favor. This Mind you, Lucy told me, to, whatever I said was prompted by Lucy. Yeah, as most things. Yeah, exactly. yeah. As I'm kind of just kind of like a puppet, you know. Um, it says, "Hey, Kevin, I just wanted <laughs> the to tone immediately. <laughs> the tone. I've never heard your voice get that high pitched before. I told you I can have a conversation. The only time I've seen you have that inflection is when you're mocking me. <gasps> hey, Kevin, I just wanted to follow up for the podcast today and make sure you have a topic today that is different from your topic last time. He responds. Oh my God, why would you text me at nine o'clock in the morning? I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. That sounds just like Kevin. I think I said yes, two exclamation points. Oh, you said there one, we go. one exclamation point. Oh, one. Don't that's get crazy. Good, when, I, when I throw two on there, that's because I'm trying to make you feel comfortable because I'm uncomfortable. Mm. Oh, classic, see? So I guess um, I just. Conversation point. Something to look out for and text with me personally. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'll tell you what my original idea was and then I'll, I'll sort of segue into my actual one, sort of get on my. Yeah, lay out some history. So my, my, what I was going to bring in was reading books. What's that all about? <laughs> Good yeah. start. Good what's start. The, yeah. What's the deal there? <laughs> Who started that? Um, and what's like what's up with that? Um, but I want to. I do like the idea of an episode title that says "Reading Books, comma What's the deal with that question mark with Kevin Noonan?" Well, <laughs> and I do encourage you to make that the title, even if we're gonna get. <laughs> but I wanted to narrow it down a little bit uh -huh. um, for the purpose of conversation, and I want to talk about um, uh, plane-based entertainment. Um, specifically, how do you entertain yourself on an airplane? Yes. Yes, yes. I literally, Kevin, you don't know this, but I did a tight five about picking movies to watch on a plane. Did you really? Yeah, do yeah. right now. Well, no, I would never do force a tight one my stand up into a conversation. No, but if you but can I like, want sneak you to know, a little bit in. Yeah, we got, no, no I'll weave it in naturally. Yeah. No, trust me, I'm an expert. Uh, but this has been so top of mind for me. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, huh, Lucy's tight five. I was there. I was there. You were there that night. Magic. I was there that night. I was there. Where was it? Golden Dagger. Oh, fun. <laughs> you keep having these shows on nights when I have a list of going on. So you obviously I'll covered try. an important one there, movies. Mm -hmm. And I do want to get to that. That's an mm -hmm. important aspect of playing entertainment. Uh, and I mentioned my original idea, which was re reading books. And yeah. That's another way you can sort of pass time on a plane. 
What are some of the ways that you entertain yourself on a plane? I usually nap. Okay, nap. Whoa. When, I, when I'm with like Sort of um, sleeping privilege, I would say. Yeah, for uh, real. Not all of us can experience that, but It's usually ahead. like I have exhausted myself so much by being very, very nervous about this ride mm-hmm. that I'm just going to go to sleep so that way I can wake up and it'll be over. Totally. Okay. I'm in sort of a renaissance with my plane entertainment, okay. to be honest. <laughs> Before, I was a uh, podcast, headphones in, yep. podcast, if I get tired of listening to people talk, I'll switch to music. Okay. And then a, like, non-internet game. Okay. Like, at one point, I had this game on my phone that was um, just, like, these dots that then hit boxes and slowly counted down the boxes until the boxes disappeared. We're familiar with games and game sure. theory. Yeah, yeah. Um. And that required no internet. It's endless levels. <laughs> um, and so I would just kind of do that for four hours on a flight. No, I'm with you. And I love that. And mm-hmm. I want to I wanna put a circle around music and come back to it Great. later. Because um, I do have an important point about that. But I'm, I'm not ready to get into it yet. Get a warm um, up. The notes. The notes. Yes, a warm up. We've got movies. We've got games. Mm-hmm. We've got sleeping. We've got podcasts. We've got listening to other people's conversations. Sure. That one's hard to do. I feel like the plane is so loud. That it's like... Except when you don't want to, I find. Mm-hmm. I, I was on a plane, um, brag, uh, not too long ago. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging it. And I um, I sat down um, in Ooh. my aisle seat. I was about to ask. I'm an aisle seat person. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a bad knee from playing um, slow pitch softball in high school. Um, slow pitch softball. It's, don't, um, don't feel sorry for me. I'm sort of... You've processed I've it. Adjusted my dreams to different. No, it's okay. I just think you're brave. Goals. Thank you. I That's, just didn't want to leave this podcast. I can't believe I had to like beg that out of you guys, but I appreciate you saying it. Oh, okay. Well, if Lucy thinks you're brave, then I what's I think you're valiant. Um, and I'll take that as well. Uh, <laughs> I sat down, and then a woman sat down in the aisle, uh, in the window seat across the aisle from me, and then a man sat down in the the aisle seat. So mm-hmm. me, aisle man, space woman, and as he sat down. He said to her, oh, how's your day going? And she said, great, which you guys have been on planes before. Yeah, that's crazy. If you say one more word, you've invited this man into your life for however long this flight is. Yeah. And she said, great, where are you headed? No. Mm. Famous last words. This man talked for 55 minutes straight. <laughs> I clocked it. I looked Like four or five minutes and I looked at my phone just to make a note of it. And his monologue did not finish for another 55 minutes when he paused and she said oh i'm going to and then he started again <laughs> oh my god he did a one-man show he did he did um uh, and he's like a private doctor to uh what sounds like maybe criminals i don't really know oh, sure <laughs> it was one of those things were like in a different context that i'm like oh this is really interesting to eavesdrop on but in this i was like shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah did you not have headphones um, I did, but I, um, I I did put the left one in and left the right one open because I wanted to hear. What, mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure I knew what, like what was going yeah, on. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> I love having headphones in, but then not playing anything so yes. that I give the illusion of not listening. And that's me, an important one am. too. The, the yeah. fake entertainment, but I'm really not doing anything. I just don't yeah. want to be bothered. That's I need to look checked out. I'm not inviting engagement. Yeah. Yes. Which is something that I learned um, you have to do, like facially how to like, not engage with people, especially on the streets of the Chicago. Mm-hmm. People are trying to hand you things or talk to you and stuff, and just how to like not like how to like make all of your body language. I'm not interested in this moment right now. Now, can I ask you a question? Did you grow up Catholic? No, I grew up Christian, Baptist. Oh. Did you grow up Catholic? No. Now, this is an important part of sort of the youth Catholic experience. <laughs> um, Bring us in, brother. You you go to church every Sunday. You go to mass, obviously. 
And I'm sure that there are churches in other religions too. Like I'm not like super yeah. up on it. Like I'm not like a like a um, expert. Well, how would you know? Right. I've only been to the one <laughs> um, for the most part. Um, uh, and there is a big thing um, in Catholic masses is there's the pews that you sit mm. in. And famously, you want to sit much like an airplane on the end of the pew so that at the end of mass, you can be out the door as nice. fast as humanly possible. Strategy. But one thing that happens, especially in the churches that I grew up in, um, which was like not often densely packed, is that people will come and sort of look and be like, oh, is there is there a seat? Can you move? Can you move down? Oh. Can you push in a little bit so I can get in here? So you have to learn very early in your life what exactly we're talking about. That body language and eye contact thing of like you don't look at them directly. You look sort of near their face, but maybe a little bit mm-hmm. lower, maybe a little higher. You angle yourself a certain way so that everyone looks at you and says, it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah, they're going to be mean to me. And now like when I get on a Southwest, Air, a Southwest Airlines flight, which is rare these days because mm-hmm. I'd rather walk, um, <laughs> that skill comes in handy because yeah. then someone looks at you and they says, uh, no, I'll sit in a different aisle seat. Not yeah. him. Not yeah, him. Not, he's not going to be nice. If yeah, I speak I've to gotten him. really good at looking at my phone and looking like something really important is happening in my phone. Yeah, and it's like that that facial performance that I'm doing of like, oh, I'm not going to engage with her. She's very busy. Something's happening here, and very important. <laughs> She's a businesswoman. <laughs> I was on a flight one time, and um, there was like an older businessman in the window seat, and he put a bunch of stuff in the middle seat to make it look like someone oh. else was in there. Which I was like, okay, smart move. And then an, uh, an older woman came down and she goes, can't fool me. And she picked <laughs> up his stuff and moved it. And <laughs> Did gave it, she say that? Yes. Oh gave it to gosh. him and then sat in that middle seat, which I had a lot of respect for. Actually. The audacity. Talk about a woman who doesn't engage in social ballet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She's like, get that shit out of my seat. She's a giver. Um, <laughs> where I wanted wild. to start this conversation, yeah. sort of point number one is, as you said, playing movies. Why is TV bad to watch on a plane? It I cannot sucks. watch television on an airplane. And it's not just because TV is bad, which is a different take that I'll get into on a different podcast some other time. <laughs> on a is different that a podcast? take that you have? Yeah, like TV, like whatever. Like I get it. Like it's fun. But I feel like in general, I'm like this, like most of it is fine. You know what I just, ha- sorry, this is so off tangent, but I was like, man, I really want to talk to Kevin about this. We should have him back on the pod. And then I remembered that you're my friend and I can, we just talk about it. Real life. We can just hang out. <laughs> We don't have to record that conversation. <laughs> I'm around. I'm a give and take her. Um, I'm learning a lot about myself right now. And like, yeah, like I've seen good TV shows. Breaking Bad. Great, Dairy Girls. Great show. Dairy Girls, I actually just started and I love it. Good. Lucy put me on Dairy Girls. Love it. Love um, it. And Dairy Girls is a classic example of a show that's like, if I if you cut it out of my life entirely, if you like did like uh, Turtles of Sunset, Spotless Mind and like erase it from my brain, yeah. would my life be different? No, not, not well, the slightest. you haven't seen the finale. That's a really good point. But I think most shows fall into that category of like, yeah, I like in this like past 30 minutes a, t- a time while I watched it and like I kind of like spaced out and disassociated. Like mm-hmm. that time is now gone through my life. Yeah. But the show itself is kind of meaningless. That's kind of my take on TV as a general rule. Well, okay. But specifically on airplanes. Yeah. Oh, why Why is it bad? Why can't we watch TV on an airplane? Can I respond to your, your thoughts on TV? I kind of like moved past it, but <laughs> if you feel like you need to. Uh, Kevin, my face is on the academia, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was, that was a lazy response. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only power I have to well to give against you. Um, <laughs> there we go again. So you guys are going to get looking to the real me. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. But what your, mo- your talk about TV and how like if you cut it out of your life doesn't mean anything. Mm. Isn't that like everything though? Like no. books or conversations with people. Like I like this conversation that we're having right now. Like if I didn't have it, like if again, erasing my memory, like an episode of a TV show, would that change the trajectory of my life? 
Well, it's like little sure. I mean, you're comparing um, all of TV to this episode of this podcast, which I feel like is proving my point. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I, I wasn't. If you would let me. Okay. You know what? Let's move past this because I'm no, going to no, start. I don't want to stick on this, man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Are you going to let me speak? Or? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Are you going to let me speak, Alexi? <laughs> Recorded. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> no, I was never going to have it taken out. Kevin, go ahead. A TV on, yeah, on planes. TV on planes feels like it's against the will of God. Yeah. Is it because it's tiny? Is it, is it a bad connection? What is it for you well, guys? Uh, even like the idea of like transitioning from an episode into another episode, because rarely is a flight one episode of TV. And to have like credits roll and then another episode to start, I'm like physically uncomfortable thinking about that happening on a plane. Yeah. Like and on your, you're watching on your phones, right? On my phone, occasionally Anywhere. there's like the yeah. It's like a little screen in airplane sometimes. Uh, although I feel like they're doing less and less of that, and I kind of want an investigative report about it. I really only <laughs> experience it on Delta. Yeah. That's the only place. And Kevin that takes I... Southwest or walks. So. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, I would rather walk than take Southwest most of the time. Um, I'll take Spirit over Southwest any <gasps> day of the week. But, like, it's not like a thing of, like, the, the small screen thing, because there was a the whole thing of, like, like filmmakers being like, don't watch Dune or Tenet on a on your phone, which, yeah, yeah I saw those in theaters, but then I watched them again on an airplane because it was, I like needed to pass two and a half hours and that's how long those movies are. <laughs> yes. Um, that doesn't bother me in the least. I think it's something about that when you're on an airplane, it, the, the sort of stakes are life or death. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it yes. feels like at any moment this plane could explode and we would all die. Yeah. Um, Although I have heard, I don't know if this is true or not. I've read this in one article one time and I've sort of been repeating it as if it's gospel <laughs> sense. Listen, that's my well, whole she does life. That yeah. <laughs> I've heard that in plane crashes, most of the time people die from carbon monoxide poisoning. So um, the plane crashes, oh. there is a fire in the plane and you can't get out fast enough. And so you sort of pass out. It is not like the impact. Now, that sounds wrong. Like that just sounds not true. It sounds like the plane went the ground and kind of like poof, you'd be gone. But it's yeah. interesting to think about. And it gives me hope that... Um, because I know that if I was in a plane crash, I could scoot, scoot, scoot out of there and yeah. be fine. You could definitely get over the fact that you're stunned and your body's in shock and stuff and just be like, well, I read that article one time. Yeah. Scoot, scoot. Yeah. My, <laughs> I, I've been feeling like I've been feeling more anxious on planes lately. And this is sort of like a new thing for me. Yeah. And it has really calmed me to look at the group of people boarding the plane and be like, this isn't the group that dies in a plane crash. No. I was on a plane um, from... LA to Chicago recently. Brag. Um, brag. Well, I'll wait for the second part of this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and I was sitting next to a man who seemed like a sweet guy. And in my head, he had been visiting his his daughter at college. That was sort yeah, of my classic. internal narrative for him. <laughs> was um, he in sort of like a, a pullover? Yeah, sort of like yeah. a like a like a sweater swacket kind of situation. Swacket, sort of a, sw- a sweater jacket uh, co- combo, obviously. And then I looked over, and the book he was reading was called um, "The Diversity Myth" about oh. how <laughs> oh <my laughs> diversity and education is destroying our country. <laughs> God. Did he write this book? As no, first? I looked it up. I was on the. I bought wi- <laughs> internet Wi-Fi, uh, plain Wi-Fi, so I could look up this book on the plane to be like, maybe there's a different read of this. Maybe it's like it's yeah. Like, maybe this uh, is just a flashy title. Flashy title? No, hundred <laughs> percent. It's this this conservative uh, writer, this woman who's like famous now for like her theories about how diversity is bad that she's really doubling down on. And it well, looked like such a nice book too. Like it looked like a Malcolm Gladwell. That's how they get you. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is I just referenced Malcolm Gladwell. And I also have to say, if I see someone on a plane with a Malcolm Gladwell book, I do assume that they're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, well, that's just yeah. like, um, that goes without saying. Well, so this is, this drives in what I've been feeling about plain media and ways to entertain yourself is this is the catch 22. 
whatever you do to entertain yourself on a plane, you are being perceived and judged based on that. And I do think that goes back to why watching TV on a plane is purgatory because (laughs) there's more, there's more negative associations about you as a person based on what TV show you turn on, on the plane, as opposed to what movie. Because if you're watching a movie on a plane, it's just kind of like, well, this is what movie was available. Like, oh, it's just, it fits the time. I'm just kind of like picking a movie. There's more whimsy with it. Yeah. With a TV show, if you're picking and choosing to watch a TV show on a plane, there's choice there. It's like, yes, this is a show that I want to turn on. And therefore, I'm judging you. Absolutely. If, if you told me that you watch Modern Family in real life, great. Perfect. Fun show. A lot yeah. of people liked it. If I see you watching Modern Family on a plane, I know who you voted for in 2016. Yes. That's without a doubt. My so. neighbors who I who their living room wall is, shares a wall with my bed. So my bed and their TV. This is thrilling. I've been in this living situation before. Yes. Yeah. They fall asleep every night watching Modern Family. So I, in turn, fall asleep every night watching Modern Family. Hell yeah. I can't wait to move. <laughs> so I guess, like, what are the acceptable shows for people to watch on a plane? Well, I don't think there are acceptable shows. No. And this is sort of coming from the stance of an enlightened person. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> I don't judge anyone based on what they do, unless I think it's bad. Then I sort of make my little judgments. And or I weird. <laughs> um, but I think American Horror a, Story? There's, like, a whole thing of, like, oh, like, Horrible that's, plane choice. That's an airplane movie. Like, that's, like, a movie that's, like, it's fun and it's yes. light and it's not serious and it's whatever. It's, like, a lot of like bank robbery movies or um, Crazy Rich Asians, I remember. I was, uh, yes. There was like three years where every single person watched that movie on every plane I was on. (laughs) I just watched Death on the Nile. I watched it at home um, Uh in the morning with sunlight coming through my windows. Could you Um, see a single thing? No. Also, (laughs) it has to be one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, And you'd think that Army Hammer is the worst cast person in that movie um, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But I would actually say that they're all equally miscast. (laughs) Um, Not all for the as as problematic of reasons, but sort of each in their own fun way. Yeah. Um, getting it wrong. But that's like a perfect movie for a plane. And I think it's because when you're watching a TV show, you're like, like this is, it's 30 minutes, it's done, it's disposable, I don't care. When you're watching a movie, it, I feel like you're investing in the stakes of the story no matter what it is. Yeah. And if the story is particularly stupid, if you die in that plane crash, you are yes. in your head, I think you're going to be like, well, this is a particularly stupid way to die, even though it's very high stakes. Yeah. And I think movies map that better than TV shows. That's that's my own two cents. That's fair. When I, yeah. The last transit I was on where I was watching something was a bus and I was watching okay. a Christmas movie and I the person beside me was watching it with me. And I was like, mm, this is a kind of a solo experience. Yes. So I turned it off. Uh, now, was, yeah. that, was that a bus from city to city? Yeah. Or was it like a Chicago Metro bus? City to city. Okay. That's Great. acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you meant like on your commute. Yeah, and I was like, like that's, that's crazy. That's I would insane. never <laughs> watch a TV show or a movie on the CTA unless like I'm like in, like it's getting really good and I have to leave. Sure. Yeah. Even then, I would like, if it's like five minutes, I'd be like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to finish this. If it's like high key or something. Yeah. Now, oh. go ahead. Oh no, go for it. I don't want to talk over women on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and He's thank correcting you. correcting himself after the I mistake appreciate. 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I don't know what you're referencing. And that's why it's this okay, podcast, that's why this episode is going to make it to air. <laughs> 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 I've just been really like, that's one of the capital T themes that I've been throwing around, noodling around lately is like the performance of existence. Yeah. And nowhere is it that heightened as when you're on a plane. Absolutely. <laughs> the the most recent flight I was on, the guy who was sitting next to me sat down and so confidently and so immediately picked a movie to watch. And it came across to me as like a f- 
moody foreign film. I've later found out that this movie was Triangle of Sadness. Oh, okay. What, yeah, that one. And so I was sort of in that shadow of like, okay, this man has picked this movie and has started watching it as the plane is boarding. He had no carry on. He was just there as himself. Now, what am I going to choose to do with my performance of existing on this plane? Yeah. I sat and for like three consecutive minutes swiped through the movie selections. What am I going to pick? What did I ultimately choose? Say it with me, folks. Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Which, did you know? The Kristen Stewart vehicle Spencer is mostly about bulimia. I did not know that. I did not either. So then I had to engage with the performance of being a person watching a movie about bulimia on an airplane. This is not a movie I've seen, but I do know the title, the part of the movie where the title is said. (laughs) Do you you know what I'm referencing? Vaguely. You tell me if I'm wrong, because this is something I I saw secondhand on a plane, actually. I saw someone watching it with the captions. In the very end of the movie, so she's Diana, Princess of Wales. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her married last name is, but it's not its not Spencer. I don't think they have one. They don't have one. Okay. Privilege. Windsor? Absolute privilege. Um, but the very end of the movie, she's like leaving her husband, I think, leaving the... I As we're just talking about prince. it now, I don't know if I got to the end of the movie. Perfect. So I'll, I'll spell it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously her husband cheats on her or whatever, and yeah. she's cheating him. Like, who cares? So she's taking her kids away from the palace. They're driving through the countryside. And this is a movie that what, was supposed to win Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's important context there. And it's like this big emotional thing where she's left this life behind her. And she takes her children to a drive through KFC. And she orders at the at the drive through thing. And they say, <laughs> oh, what's the name for the order? Which is not something any fast food place <laughs> ever does when you're driving through. <laughs> and she thinks about it and goes, Spencer. <laughs> and then the movie ends. No, I have to emphasize, I have I not watched back. this movie. Maybe I've it's a perfect film. Only seen it over <laughs> someone's shoulder on the airplane. You have to get through the grotesque bulimia portrayal Jesus to get Christ. To, to get to Spencer. Spencer. Oh, that's Cut to perfect. Black. I'll also say the quietest movie ever made, <laughs> which makes it horrible to watch on a plane. Yeah. I didn't understand a single word of yeah. the film. I like to read books on planes. You like yeah, to read books? Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, me too. Now go into why you said it like that. <laughs> really tell us what, what's behind that thought process. Because you love to be seen reading a book. Uh, I'm sure you also enjoy reading. But <laughs> you're really going hard with this performing life thing. It's but really all plane, I've been thinking about lately. Yeah, sometimes at that airplane moment. specifically, you really have to perform yes. your personality and your humanity. Yes. I'm usually sitting by my family, so I don't. I personally don't feel like I have to perform anything when I'm on a plane because I'm by my loved ones. I would argue that. Where are you performing more than in, within your family unit? I think it also that sort <laughs> I think of we like, have different dynamics. <laughs> that heightened performance of humanity. I'm so glad you said that because now that's I feel like just clarifying so many of my thoughts I've been having on planes lately. Yeah. Um, is I think that when you're welcome, you're so heightened of the performance of yourself. Is also I think why people are so fast to turn to Lord of the Flies on airplanes. Yes. Why people are so insane on airplanes and so mean to each other, and people who like stand us as a plane lands and like elbow their way to the front. I think it's because like that that line between I'm overperforming myself to I've lost my mind and I'm an insane person is so thin. Because mm-hmm. it's like I'm I'm so hyper performing that I'm not even sure who I am anymore. Right. What kind of books do you read on planes? Are you a fiction or nonfiction person? 
Uh, this is this is insane to me hearing y'all talk. <laughs> I love conversation. This is kind of like I'm eavesdropping, but I'm like I'm here. Right. Um, favorite books. I like uh, fantasy, sci-fi, mm-hmm. because those are books where you can get lost in the world. And I love when yeah. books build their own worlds, so that I don't have to think I'm on a plane. It's right. really loud on this plane. I'm I'm scared this plane is gonna crash. All of these thoughts. Right. It's really it's like com- like compact, and so I do things that like distract me from the fact that I'm on a plane. So a book is helpful. Sleeping is helpful. That's why I don't I don't typically watch things because I'm like, I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. Um, this is a little different, but I have to ask: Are you a natural napper? Can you nap easily? Uh, yes. Wow. Jealous. Wow. Yeah, What's I, that like? Yeah. Uh, well, I close my eyes, and then this kind of <laughs> feeling overtakes me. It is easier to nap um, than it is to sleep for me. Like, really? Yes. Yes. Do you think that's correlated because you nap too much, you can't sleep at night? No, I rarely nap. I used to nap all the time in college. Um, now that I, I guess I'm an adult mm-hmm. um, and like have rehearsals and um, like deadlines to finish, I don't have time to nap as much as I would like. Yeah, I think my, <laughs> yeah. I can like rest. Like if I have like a free hour and I'm at home, like I'll like lay down on my bed and scroll through my phone. But at no point in that am I am I remotely close to sleep. Yeah. I often fall asleep on my couch at night when I should be going to bed. Yeah, well, often at night, the couch is more welcoming than a bed. Sure. I can see where we're at in terms of recording. There's one last thing I wanted to talk through, and it's um, listening to music on planes. Are you guys music people on planes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, I've saved this for the end of the podcast for people who (laughs) tuned out, so only the hardcore heads get this. The academic. I think I'm anti-music. Okay. Anti-TV, anti-music. Yeah. You know, I'm I think just as like really a general rule. Because I do think, you saying this, I think we fall on a spectrum here. And yeah. I'm really going to be interested to dive into it. I think, obviously music, like, it's fine. Like, it's been around for a while. Um, like, it's had its time. Mm-hmm. I, like, I just, like, I don't know if I, like, I don't know if I need it. And, like, when I, uh, my my girlfriend thinks I'm crazy because when I work out, I listen to podcasts on the Peloton. <laughs> or, like, I'm jogging, I listen to podcasts or an audiobook or something. Yeah. Because I feel like music, I just, like, I listen to it. I'm like, this is fine. And people are like, what are your favorite bands? And I'm like, you know. Um, and then I wait for someone else to take jump in the conversation and keep moving. And especially on a plane, I feel like, I, like I'm, I'm turning on a song and I'm, like, Count, I can feel myself counting the seconds that are in the song until it's done. <laughs> and the next one starts and I look at my phone. I'm like, oh, great. I have like 14 more songs until this plane lands. I think just, I'm just like, now I don't engage. I don't know. I just like, it doesn't hold me. Yeah. Um, and I don't like, I don't love it. So here's, here's where I'm at. Okay. Let me relate to you. Hear me. I love music. I think music is very powerful. Um, but I have never been and never will be the kind of person who can name a band. Sure. I list, I engage with music via playlists. Yep. So I will like curate a playlist with like a mood, a vibe, the energy that I've been feeling lately. And then I will listen to that pot, that playlist ad nauseum. And so like I have whatever like playlist I'm hooked into at that moment will be like downloaded on my phone and that will be sort of my plain background music. But that doesn't grasp grasp my attention and it's like totality. I'm not like sitting in a plane, zoomed, like toned into the music, fully wrapped in it. It's like, this is background music, this is scoring. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm similar um, yeah. in that I, especially when I'm writing something, We'll listen to one to four songs um, obsessively for the entire t- duration of it, which is how I get a Spotify rap that's like, 
six songs <laughs> off the Lord uh, Spotify yeah. radio, and then four of the most insane different songs. Last year, I think my number one song was America off the West Side Story soundtrack. <laughs> Just because at some point that like stuck in my brain. It was yeah. all I could listen to for a while. I remember one time when I was in college, iTunes used to count how many times you would play a song back in the day. Uh-huh. I think I had 12,000 um, counts of, um, oh my God, what's that called? This is going to drive me nuts now. I'm going to have to look it up. Pull it up. There's a song that Mike Schur, the creator of The Good Place, cites that he listened to on loop while writing the finale of The Good Place. It's called Spiegel im Spiegel. And I that song got me through grad school. Mine the, was uh, mine was levels. Yeah, um, <laughs> so same. Which I got through a, f- a finals week where I had to like I had put off like a full semester worth of papers and I wrote like 170 pages worth of essays in six Jesus days. Jesus Christ! And I think I only listened to levels the entire time <laughs> that I did it, <laughs> and I feel like it broke my brain. But also that's like I, that's how I do music. For me, in terms of like media, so for a book or I guess not really TV shows because I don't really watch those unless it's like anime or a cartoon. Hell yeah. When um, you, I feel like when you find something, you go all in on it. I do. I so I because there is so much. There's so much. Like there's so many books. Or there's so many um, TV shows or songs. Like what draws me is when people have like a really like something that is out of the ordinary or like something. There's like I could be I could pick up ten backs of books and read them and they could have something similar. But mm-hmm. like when some when someone mentions like. That they're world building, like they're building an entirely new world of like um, references and stuff. I'm like, that's interesting. I want to dive into like this person's brain or for music when I hear like the Kooks have a really, I love the intros of their songs and also like just the sound bites that they take, uh, like for Around Town the, by the Kooks. Any, what? I was just saying, well, they're, they're like, they're, their vibe is like they're different and they're weird. Exactly. And, um, you could even say that they're kooky. Okay. Um, like the Adams family. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, I, I like songs like, like that's what I listen for is like, I can listen to something repeatedly and then I'm like, okay, something new, but like, I don't want something that's like, that's why it took me so long to get into pop music. Cause I was like, okay, <laughs> like I hear this all the time. Yeah. Like I can engage with this, like in public spaces. Um, what I want to listen to my, on my own time is like hearing someone come up with like a new sound or like their words. If it's not something that you can like relate to or something mm-hmm. like for SZA's last album, um, SOS. Yeah like pulled the rooms and people are like, Oh, I really love this album. Or like, what is she talking about? I've never like experienced that. And I really like her last album because I feel like she doesn't shy away from like when you're feeling big emotions. Um, she kind of like talks, she's feeling these big emotions and she's going to like say what she's feeling and like mm. during these times and people who are like, who don't necessarily have like emotional responses like that are like, girl, get over it. Or like pick yourself up at the floor. Yeah. And it's like for someone to write down their innermost thoughts and then like have them for the world to kind of listen to. That's, I'm never going to tell you you're wrong. Cause those are your thoughts and your feelings. But like for people to be like, how could like, this is so stupid. Um, how could this artist do this? And it's like, that's how they feel. You cannot tell someone their art is wrong unless it infringes on the rights of other people. So like, that, that's how I feel about media. That's my soapbox. <laughs> you're making some great statements. Yeah. Great points over there. Um, I'll, I'll close my point on this with, uh, I heard someone say one time, um, that every comedian wishes they were in a band or no, 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 let me take that back. Is that, <laughs> I didn't hear that. Is that the crossover between musicians and uh, comedians is that every comedian wishes they were in a band. Every musician wishes they had rich parents. <laughs> um, um, and that's just something I've, I'm, I've never wanted to be in a band in my life. I just, I, I, I guess if I could take one thing out of this, um, TV is bad. Music is bad. Um, playing movies are great. And if I see you doing something on a plane, there's no judgment, but I will sort of make up a whole narrative about your life. Okay, now I have a question. If you guys could do another um, 
medium, another form of art, what w- against like in addition to or instead of what would you choose? And and this would be like a pursuit to get paid for it? Yes. Well, it's so interesting because I'm such a Renaissance woman. I kind of do so much already. That's true. <laughs> she does. You've checked a lot of boxes off here that you can answer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of a pop star. I'm a comedian. I'm a mm. writer. Yes, I'm a painter. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. <laughs> um, that's a good it? album. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so interesting. I had a really funny answer that I, I just forgot. But oh, I I like I was the well, you said that one. The first thing I thought about was Tar. Have you seen Tar? The movie? Yes. Oh. I was like, it'd be sick to be a composer. But then I was like running back the plot of that movie, and I was like, that's actually not a good answer. <laughs> I feel like it'd be really cool to be a person who makes um, statues outside baseball stadiums or like sports stadiums of like. Yes. Hey, once every twenty years, we need like a solid gold plate statue of Michael Jordan. Can you hook us up? And then you just ride that for a while. Because it's not like we're we're memorizing the names of modern sculptors. No. They're getting none of the pomp and circumstance that the sculptors of old got. (laughs) And yet sculpture, I will say sculpture is one of those things that's really hard for me to wrap my brain around. Me too. When I go to a museum and I'm seeing like marble sculptures, like physically I can't comprehend. Yeah. Like in, in high school, I had a lot of issues because I didn't understand how atoms worked. Like, I just really couldn't. I was like, how is this table made up of a bunch of little things? And I had, like, arguments with my teachers about it. Because it's like, I get the tangent. Anyway, um, (laughs) they were like, can you just graduate? Atoms and sculptures are, like, the two things I can't get. You're right, though. I I used to work with this guy in a previous job where he worked in costume departments for for really big budget movies. Cool. Um, But he didn't design the costumes. He was, like... um, I guess he probably did eventually, but he was more like the logistical guy. Like the costume designer would be like, I want this dress to be made of whatever fabric. Uh-huh. And he would go source whatever the stuff he needed. Um, he was really good at his job and really well paid. And in his free time, he had a massive warehouse studio in downtown Los Angeles where he made abstract art of just like whatever he wanted of like scrap metal or painting or anything. And I never got to see it, but I remember that my boss one time went to a studio and I was like, oh, was it cool? And he's like, no, it sucked. <laughs> it was really bad. That's the dream. But I was like, that is the absolute oh. dream that like you can be so, yes. like you're whatever you're doing in your art, you're just like, I don't give a shit if this is good or not. I just, just like, doing it. this is my life that I'm living. That sounds nice. Oh, I briefly got into metalwork in high school. And loved it. Yeah. Like welding and such? Yeah, but it was like like jewelry. Oh. Um, so like soldering more so than welding. And I I loved it. I hope I hope to like have the freedom and the capacity to make like bad art and just be happy. Yeah, like if your painting teacher would let you. I know. Gosh darn it. <laughs> I you guys talk about it. I want to fight that guy. What's that guy's deal? Yeah, I don't really know. I it's like it should be such a low stakes like yeah. fun thing. It should be the like the first act of a rom com. Like you should yes. be in a rom com right now. <laughs> Everybody kind of takes it really seriously, and um, it's a lot of people in their forties claiming how bad they are at it, and then acting as if that's the end of the world. You guys are gonna love this. We had a, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> It was just everybody trying to prove how much they knew about Italy for three hours. It was a bunch of like people in a room being like, well, yeah, so my brother lives there. Oh, and you've been, and uh, here's where we stay. And I do not speak for three hours, right. which if you listen to this podcast, you can't fathom that. What? I know. <laughs> just going crazy. She shut up. What? <laughs> um, yeah. I treat it like a acoustic podcast IRL. 
just listening to these people talk for three hours. Next time, tell them that you can do the accent and then just do that and that will end the conversation. <laughs> and the best part, she can't. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I think I can. Well. <laughs> See, told you. <laughs> it's worth it. It's really good. Kevin, <laughs> I think it's time for our last segment. Perfect. <laughs> this Go for it. This segment, Kevin, is our valedictorian speech. So if there's anything you want to. Can I just ask, were mm. you a valedictorian in high school, Absolutely college? Absolutely not. Oh. Thank God. I feel I safe. I was not a good student. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, because what is being a student if you're not doing it for the rest of you? So, Kevin, our valedictorian speech. That was awesome. Speech, <laughs> fucking put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so, Kevin, our <laughs> valedictorian speech, um, just say thank you. Any, any like, any... Yeah, you gotta do what valedictorians do. They're yeah, they just gotta talk. They have five minutes to say whatever they, they want. They gotta go up there and they gotta prove that they earned it. Yeah. yeah. Alexi, do you have anything? Uh, I'll let you go first this time. <laughs> oh, breaking the form. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, class of 2023? <laughs> Y'all are my people, and I'm so, so happy and grateful, and yeah humbled that you all brought me up here on stage for this opportunity. Uh, I wanted to take a second and just thank you all for all the opportunities and experiences you gave me for the past four years. Um, every time I had an existential conversation about how I believe that every aspect of being alive is performance, everybody kind of looked at me to varying levels of like, sure, totally, we're on board what? That's how you encounter the world? And I thank you for that. You challenged me. You pushed me. You made me feel a little bit crazy because, yeah, I do have to really evaluate how I perceive reality in terms of its relationship to performance. And I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for you. I was beautiful. Encore. Encore. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> If you must. <laughs> and I shan't. Um, I guess it's my turn. Mm -hmm. um, plane of 2023. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got to spend the last four years together on this plane, kind of like in Flight 29 Down. If anybody has ever seen that show that was on Discovery Kids, please mm. hit me up. You'll know what I'm talking about. But essentially, it's like Madagascar um, in the <laughs> sense of like that plane. Like you just you frequent the plane. We all know, even the school here. Um, thank you guys so much for electing me your valedictorian because we did not have a grade system um, <laughs> by which to follow our papers and such. I love the freedom that this place has given me, the opportunities that to be kind of the woman I've always wanted to be. And I'm so glad oh. that we also didn't recreate Lord of the Flies on this, on this island yeah. um, because we are stranded. And so if you do hear this episode, I would ask that you would come and rescue us. Thank you. Uh, That's people screaming with terror on the island. That's SOS. Ooh. Okay, Jonas Kevin. That's it's your time song. to shine. That's a Jonas Brothers song as uh, well. <laughs> I want to thank, obviously, I, I, I want to thank all the plane movies out there. Mm. Um, all the great ones over the years. Um, Crazy Rich Asians I mentioned. Um, the Wife with Glenn Close. Um, mm -hmm. That was one for a while. The Accountant starring Ben Affleck, a classic of the genre. But there's one person in particular that I want to thank. And it's actually a type of guy. Um, <laughs> more than one individual person. And it's every middle-aged man that I was on a flight with uh, from whenever I started going back to planes after the pandemic through about two months ago. I want to thank you for watching whatever movie 
there is that's out there that I saw different 10 minute snippets of over the course of <laughs> nine to 12 different flights. <laughs> Finally putting together, it was the same movie I was seeing every single time. And particularly I want to thank the guy who allowed me to, to get to the skeleton key of realizing that um, the thing that tied this thing together was that the the little boy from The Good Doctor um, is one of the characters <laughs> in this heist movie. You might know The Good Doctor, famously the trailer. Um, at the end of the trailer, um, the doctor says, I don't know, am I a good doctor? <laughs> um, which came out, it came out the same year as New Amsterdam, which of course oh. starred the guy from um, Black Klansman, who at the end of the trailer said, we're going to be doctors again, which those are two different shows. But I, I just want to thank whatever movie that is that I have now seen all of in sort of different order, all thanks to that weird little good doctor boy. <laughs> Thank you, weird little good doctor boy. Thank little you, little doctor boy. boy. <laughs> Kevin, this was a joy. It's been a delight. Thank you for coming uh, back. Hey, thanks for having me back. I know I, I wouldn't stop asking you guys about it. I was texting constantly. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had to block you for a minute there. Alexi said, don't come back here and talk to us about your thoughts about cooking. We already did that once and we don't want to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, you're dropping more and more about this past episode. It's kind of like you want it to be released. I have a teaser. Don't live in the past, Kevin. Don't live in the past, Kevin. <laughs> um, speaking of the future... Do you have anything you want to plug? What's coming up for you? Um, nothing to plug. Uh, keep Well, I guess I, I would say nothing. I'm going to say three things. <laughs> Every Monday night at the Annoyance at 930, um, the house improv teams with, with hot soup. Uh, and then keep an eye out with me and Alexi for a future sketch review, uh, TBD location and date with um, cold pizza. Hot soup. I'm very cold pizza. <laughs> the third thing. All your bases covered. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, Kevin, thank you so, so, so much for coming on today. It was such a delight, such a joy. Thanks for having me. And with that, Alexi, I love you. Lucy, I love you. Bye. Bye.